It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on? Now, welcome to Lacrosse Classified, Lax Class for short, as class number 120, episode 120, about to come your way here right on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Brad Schoner with you. Uh, thanks for finding us. Thanks for listening. Great program lined up as per usual here on episode 120, Bradley. Let's get you in right off the top. How's it going? Going, going, back, back to Albany, Albany. <laughs> do you have that queued up? I do. I was not as sexy. I was wondering where you were going with that. I was wondering not, where you were going with that. It's not as sexy as when I think we played that song when, when the San Diego Seals got announced. Mm. Um, Let's hang on to that. I asked you how well, we're going. We're going back to Albany. Okay. Let's get right into it then. It's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus, Brad. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. I spent a little extra time preparing for the program. I hope you appreciate that. Nice production. How long? How long did that take? Did you, you stay up to the wee hours? Talk about that together. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it, it got done. It got done. I got another little surprise for you in store coming up as well. Well, well done. <clears throat> I hope I get a good question today and I get a little ding uh, in there yeah. to add more production value to the show. It's been but a man, while nice... since we've had that. I know. I know. We're just going to step up our we game here. Get, right? We should just get Todd LeBranch back on and he'll just say it like every <laughs> good, question, good question. For you, maybe. Uh, you yeah. guys are like besties. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, so big focus. Uh, we have we're going to talk about who we got coming on the program in in a couple of minutes here. But obviously the the news coming out uh, today, in fact, that the New England Blackwolves are moving from the Mohegan Sun to Albany, back to Albany, New York, uh, former home of the Attack. I don't know what they're going to be called this time, Brad. Details are still kind of trickling in on this, but uh, this kind of came out of left field. Like I know, I don't know if anyone saw this coming, but uh, Mohegan Sun out, new ownership group, Albany in. Yeah, and, and this is all coming down. So we don't have a ton of, of background. I haven't had a ton a chance to, to speak with many people on this, and maybe we'll get someone from the new Albany group on the podcast next week. But yeah, this wasn't even really scuttlebutt or rumored in any of the circles that, that you and I sort of yeah, usually hear whispers around. And just, and yeah, there was no whispers. It was, and it was just like, boom, Mohegan Sun is out and we're moving to Albany from Uncasville, Connecticut, which, you know, from a population and, and, and travel standpoint, probably not much difference. It was tough to get to the Mohegan Sun. It's going to be tough to get to Albany. It's not a sexy announcement like a Fort Worth or a San Diego or a Philadelphia or any of the markets that we've heard that may be coming in or coming back like a Las Vegas or a Montreal or or a Minnesota or anything like that, right? Like this kind of just no one has been talking about Albany of, of places to return to. But, yeah. you know, you did do a little poking around on the weekend and there's some people that are pretty bullish about this. They've got a 15,000 seat. Yeah, we checked this thing there. out, right? Like we, we had a look at the arena that they're going to play in and it looks, I mean, it looks nice, man. 
The Times Union Center, mm-hmm. originally known as Knickerbocker Arena, then Pepsi Arena, an indoor arena located in Albany, New York, accommodates 6,000 to 17,000 people. A little trivia question for you, Jumbo. What okay. was the first ever event held in the Times Union Center in 1990 upon its opening? Oh, I want to say I have no idea. I'm going to say the Ringling Brothers Circus. Let's say dun, 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 dun. Da, na, na. I don't know why you're singing a Vegas show tune for that, but Frank Sinatra oh. opened the Times Union Center, okay. New York, that's New York. Why. That's why. Uh, that's a pretty big get. That's a pretty big get. Frank that's the Sinatra. biggest get to get the chairman of the board to open your arena. But yeah, yeah. yeah, like let's. I hope to talk to someone from Albany next week. Yeah, I think we'll try and get how long on. this was percolating. I know there's a few people that are excited. Obviously, there's uh, it's a it's a hotbed for lacrosse. Um, which I'm sure was important to the league. Like, let's go into a town where lots of people play. Um, obviously, with the with the Great Danes being there and the Thompsons' impact and being close to 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 certain communities that play lacrosse, like that that's kind of makes sense. And then they think they can draw from an established lacrosse community there. I think could be a benefit. I know the league's been trying to sell for years that it's not going after lacrosse people, but you're going into a lacrosse town. Albany is a lacrosse town, and I don't see how that how that hurts. No. And uh, from all accounts, like we remember we had Mike French on uh, a while back now, but, and we asked him, you know, how is, how does the relationship work with Mohegan Sun and himself? And I believe Frenchie had 51% and the Mohegan Sun had 49% or it was like 50.6 and 50.4, whatever it was, or 49.4, whatever it was. Uh, so I think Mike French still, involved and then the other 50 percent i think is is kind of divided up into a few investors in this new albany group so good to see frenchie still involved and and good to see the team not just dissolve it's a bit of a a lateral move but i think it's going to be a good one i think it's going to be a good one and i'm i'm excited to see how it plays out in albany like you said lacrosse market there with the danes and all the rest of it and and from talking with people who are kind of around and involved with this um they're they're pretty excited about it and they they think it's going to be a good thing and they've got a good young team rolling in there too i think that might have been tough in an expansion world where you might have to shit the bed for a couple years but you know you're moving the black wolves in there minus callum crawford minus steph leblanc but you still got uh, you know the reigning goaltender of the year you've still got you know cue ball um you still got draft picks coming in like there's some nice coaching you're always going to be a competitor yeah, you got there's some pieces there for sure. So let's let's see how it plays out. Yeah, so that was the big focus out of the gates here on EP120, but lots more to talk about here on this coming episode. Uh, of course, we got our Stampede Stallion coming up just mere moments from now. We got Quick Sticks quarter 3, Jimmer back in quarter number 4 with something else as well. So, Brad, uh, what do you think? Is it time for for Stampede Stallion of the week? Let's hop on. Let's do it. Well, there you go, Brett. Uh, back at hard at work. Another. Were you of- up all night? I gotta, I gotta ask Danny, your girlfriend, if she was up all night too with you as you were putting together these horse sound effects from the living room at two o'clock in the morning. Like, what do your neighbors think? Just scouring YouTube at two a.m. 
the hell's going on up there? No, well done. You're like yeah, you're like Doctor Dre painting little... these visual or not the, these these audio sonic landscapes for us today. Just Very enhancing cinematic. the pod a little bit. Very uh, little, cinematic little program value. Today. Yeah. So there you go, Stampede Stallion of the Week, Brad. And uh, if you don't know by now, I'm about to tell you Stampede Tack and Western wear. Anything Western wear you could think of, buckles, belts, chaps, jeans, jackets, hats, spurs, saddles, lassos, watches, uh, lariats, bolas, you name it, Stampede Tack and Western wear has it stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local they've been out there in cloverdale since 1966 head on out tell them you listen to lax class ask for kevin and uh who knows uh, he might just hook you up with something i'm not saying he will but i'm not saying he won't either stampede talking western where brad uh, they do our stallion of the week here it is uh it's your pick this week who you got Let's gallop on. Over. I haven't said let's, that in a while. Let's gallop on over to New York, shall we? The captain of your New York Riptide, handsome Dan McRae. Sexy Dan, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Sexy Dan is a half of handsome. I Dan. think it's both. Basement it's both. Dan, sexy Dan, handsome Dan. Solid Dan, quality Mega Dan, 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 Captain Dan. Yeah. Uh, NLL R- champion Dan. R.I.T. Dan, NLL champ. That looks good on the resume. But handsome Dan, who has played 158 games, it was so nice to see him lift uh, an LNLL Cup with the yeah. Calgary Roughnecks as a captain. Like he just, you know, we slugged it out there for yeah. a decade through highs and lows. Always pretty high. Like Calgary's always a solid team, but you know, just to see to see him get that captaincy put on his chest and then lift that trophy and just the enthusiasm and all the hard work and effort that went in to that championship. And then, you know, the classiest guy that he is tells the staff, I don't mind not getting protected and and maybe getting a look somewhere else. And sure enough, goes to the New York Riptide in the expansion draft. So they don't protect the captain who lifts the cup over his head, but he goes to New York in the expansion draft, automatically gets the C, scores an overtime, scores like his, you know, it's only good for a goal or two a season. Yeah. And his first goal this year was an overtime, or last year, I guess, was an overtime winner. Their only win of the year. Was that the first ever? Yeah, it was. And it was Dan McRae in overtime who just, you know, had had enough and just ran it up the floor. Laid some money down in Vegas on who would get the overtime winning goal for their first franchise win. Like, think of the cash you could have made if you put down 10 bucks on Dan McRae there. The odds would have been astronomical. But just a solid, clean defender. In 2019... He didn't take a minor penalty the entire season. He had zero penalty minutes in 2019 en route to that championship. At no penalty minutes in the playoffs either. Like, like under know, 10 guy, pims, like eight out of 10 years. For a guy who plays as many minutes as he does and plays in that physical system that Calgary had to keep it that clean and that classy is, is a christmas miracle i don't know how he he did that over the years but he did it he always kept it clean he was always a consummate pro and a consummate leader and uh i had a chance to chat with dan mccray before the draft i was doing some work for the warriors trying to get um writing a draft article on who they were targeting at at second so i reached out to dan to talk about ryan smith who was Mm. obviously taken by rochester now in the trade and 
everything. But like, he's got such, he coaches the Burlington Chiefs, coaches Ryan Smith, and just has a great mind for scouting players and for coaching that team. And he could be a coach in this league, I think, somewhere down the road if that's a route that he wants to pursue pursue he's got a great mind for the game and he's a stallion this week yes indeed welcome to the stable dan mccray i think you may have been the inventor of megabeds too brad do you know megabeds remember remember that megabeds is what when you push two hotel beds together that's and then right. you... <laughs> it's just a party Wait. and a big monster megabed him and curtis dixon i think we uh, started that roomies year. yeah so, yeah, welcome to the stable, Danny McRae, uh, who is also, I believe, Jim Ellis's uh, favorite lacrosse player, and it, I don't think it's even close. So, congratulations, Dan McRae. I'm not going to – like, I had to, like, veto your, your first choice this week, Brad. I'm not going to tell the people who it was because uh, I don't want to – I don't want to the that. first time we've disagreed. Yeah. I, got, I, got, I got nixed, people. I suggested a stallion, and Jumbo <laughs> said, no, more like a pony. We're not doing, we're not doing <laughs> him this week. Yeah, uh, and totally. so I so you know I'm not not to say Dan McRae was my second choice this week. He might have been someone that we picked down the road, but oh, yeah, he I was got... on the list for sure. It has nothing, no slight on Dan McRae being no, no, second no. choice. But uh, the, the first, first time you and I have disagreed, I got it. I've never nixed one of your guys though. No. I've, I've questioned them sometimes, maybe being too overrated to mm. be a stallion. Yeah. But uh, Dan McRae again, our our sort of our sort of qualification is like you're not up for league awards not on all-star teams but you're a guy that everybody wants on your team and and makes your team better and makes the league better and sometimes goes unnoticed and flies under the radar until we talk about you on this podcast there you go the pride of oakville and rit go tigers dan mccray welcome to the stable you are this week's stampede stallion of the week let's get to quarter number two brad let's not waste any more time we got hall of famer calls to the hall john tucker is next here on ep 120 lacrosse flash podcast network associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Sal Lacassia. You're listening to Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class Quarter, number two, episode 120. Jake Kelly, Brad Schauner, and you just heard there from our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. The best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging environment in mind at all times. They focus on people, they focus on ethics, quality, and of course, they're family-owned. Over 40 years down there in Coquitlam for the Ashworth family, my good bud, Tosh Nishimura, and the gang doing great things. Check them out at AssociatedLabels.com or Associated LP, as in labels and packages. And now, as we are into quarter two, as you know, we like to do calls to the hall here in the second queue. And we got another NLL Hall of Famer on the line. His name is John Tucker. He's also in the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame, a two-time Hall of Famer, if you will. John Tucker on the podcast. Uh, John, thanks so much for doing this. Welcome to Lax Class. How are things? Things are great, Jake. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to be with you tonight and appreciate all your giving back to the game. Hey, my pleasure. Our pleasure. Um, 
tell me about you, John. What uh, what does life have in store for John Tucker in 2021? Well, as you know, everything's a little crazy. I, I um, I've been teaching in schools and uh, in administration. I, I'm the director of admissions and enrollment at a boarding school in okay. Maryland, and um, I've been in this business for gosh, 35 years now. So I'm nearing the end, but it's been a um, it's been a wild year to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a lacrosse program at this boarding school? Yes, uh, there is. And it's uh, and any of your listeners, they want to contact me. We'd love to have them down. I, it's a um, careful. We, we don't have to charge you for endorsements. And tell us about the program. Yeah, well, we we um, we're a very small school. It's it's um, they're only about. 230 students in the high, it's a high school, um, great beginning in grade eight, actually eight through 12 and um, a smaller grade eight, but we are, um, the facilities are incredible. The name of the school is St. James. Okay. So um, it, it's a wonderful place, 800 acres. It's a, um, it's a, an ideal place to uh, get an education, education, play a little lacrosse while you're at it. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning of the spectrum, John. Uh, I always like to ask our, our new, uh, interviewees this question and how did you find lacrosse or how did lacrosse find you way back when? Yeah. So I, um, I'm a little bit of a different story. I grew up in Baltimore, but not in the, uh, the prep school world. I, I was from a very blue collar middle-class family and an area within Baltimore city. I, I started playing when I was 15. So I, uh, my, my better days, I think were after college. Um, I ended up playing at Johns Hopkins and, we had success, but you know, again, I, I was still had success, John, uh, I, undefeated season, uh, <laughs> including a championship. I'll say that yeah. that's a little more than had some success. Yeah. There, I would say. Well, thank you, Jake. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, um, but you know, afterwards I just had a thirst for playing more. And I think the timing, you know, with the professional league starting to, to gain a little bit of traction, um, I was right in that wheelhouse. So young to early twenties and, um, looking to continue to play. And, you know, Chris Fritz and Russ Klein started this whole thing with an exhibition series between uh, Canada and U.S. And we toured around the country. And I'm sure you've heard this from some of your other guests. Well, we've had was, Russ on and we're having Chris on next week. So we're going to talk oh, to yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, it was a show that w was put on and, and you know, w went around the country and into Canada and I think um, the people in Philadelphia especially took to it. I mean, I think they loved it. They had a little bit of history with um, the Wings earlier in the 70s. Yeah. So it was a natural fit with the hockey being a hockey town. And um, so long story short, there was a draft we, we picked up and it started, you know, as the M-I-L-L and uh, kind of went into becoming the N-O-L as we added teams and the, the better players from uh, north of the border. Yeah, and, and and talk about that time because we 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 let, we hear that there was a bit maybe you know it was tough to recruit some of the American college players because they were like, what the hell is this game where you're confining me indoors? People are cross checking me. It's not as it's not as sort of methodical as, as the as the field game was, the NCAA game was for you guys. So, you know, what attracted you to it and wanted you to try it? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I my um my game was sort of suited to play. I, I was never the best offensive player or defender, but I, I, I felt like I based my, um, 
my purpose and reason for being out there with the ability to play both ends of the of the floor. So um, I could check and then I could also score. So um, I was a guy who liked the physical part of the game. And you're right. I think a lot of Americans never took to it. And um, you can see even today, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, it's Canada's game. Um, they're, they're into it and they're used to that style. And it's, you know, it's sad to see that uh, I think Americans have gotten better at the game, you know, as time has gone on. But my biggest uh, contribution, I think, to the sport was trying to keep it alive um, so where guys can play now and make a decent living off of it. You know, yeah. I think that they, that was the biggest thing. We we all felt at the time, and it was all Americans, more, more or less in the very start, um, very beginning of the, of the league. But we were trying to do something that would last um, to where it is now. And I think that's the biggest thing I'd like to take away from my time in the league. Speaking with 2010 NLL Hall of Fame inductee John Tucker, and and really you you had to kind of be a guy that could play both ends of the floor back then. You know, right. it's not what we see today where it's five out the front gate and then off you go and five D guys come out. Everybody was playing all over the floor back then. Right. Yes, uh, very different sort of game. I mean, not the traditional way you play it. But as time went on, you know, and we moved through the late 80s into the 90s, I think with the influx of Canadian players and coaching, um, it became evident the way the game was is played and should be played, rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, there was more and more structure to the way the game um, developed, even just during my time. So it was nice to see, I think, uh, a guy that had a Tremendous impact on me. Actually, two of them. Um, Michael French, um, who's still involved, I think, with yep. the Wings, and, yep. um, and, a, and a Canadian player from Cornell. He he understood it, and he you know was very insightful and helpful in my development and our, our organization's development. And um, a, a gentleman who's very understated, and I know he coached after he left Philadelphia. But Dave Evans, um, oh, I know he coached yeah. out west. Yeah, he's um, he's from our neck of the woods, John. We know Dave yeah. very well. Yeah. He's a um, just a wonderful guy, um, just a, a, a real nice, just a good person who, who taught us, you know, the American players how to play yeah. the right way. But he was also um, understanding of some of the things that we could do that were a little different. So he but he was never forceful and just kind of laid him out there. And he, he was very successful. We're Jake and I are both broadcasters for the league and, and Dave Evans got behind the mic a few times when I was growing up, whether yeah. it was NLL games doing color commentary or WLA he games. He probably series. announced a couple of game, WLA games I played in. Yeah, I think oh, I, think, I yeah. think he did. But yeah, the, just the way he could just describe the game and introduce it to people in a, in a way that everybody could understand and digest was something that sets him apart too, I think. But so how do you get, we, we talked to Tony Resch a few weeks ago and I think similar story, like he's a guy who, he didn't didn't play box lacrosse until he joined the national lacrosse. They played in it for a few years, and all of a sudden he's a head coach in the league. Um, and you had a similar story with with Baltimore there. Um, how did your journey, crossfire in there as well? How did how did your journey to behind the bench uh, play out? Uh, you know what? I I don't think that I was very good at <laughs> at the coaching side of things. I I um, I, I, uh, I Tony was a, a guy that had a tremendous demeanor, and he was a very solid defender leader um you know his 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 stint behind the bench was more successful than mine i i think it was a natural that guys who had played american guys especially that um were working in american cities that were, were a natural kind of uh, move that in that way 
And, and I think the, uh, the idea that they have, um, they're bringing coaches down from Canada now to, to teach it is, is a, a very good sign that the league is healthy and um, looking to continue. I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot as a, not only a player, but as a coach, you know, some of the things um, that I still teach today and the games are really merging in, in many different ways with um, pick and roll offense and defense and how to, you know, how to play it both ways. It's really become um, a large part of the field game, you know, the way that indoor sure is played. Has. And yeah. I, I really like that. You know, it, it's been, um, it's been really something to see during my lifetime and career. So. Yeah. So, I mean, more and more American or NC2A coaches are looking for Canadians with box across skills to kind of supplement their field programs down in, down in universities. Now, as we speak with NLL Hall of Famer, John Tucker here, hundred goals in the national lacrosse league in 47 games, uh, two time champion, 89 and 90 with the Philadelphia wings. Uh, some, Crazy, wild scenes, I think, uh, from back in, in the early 90s, John. And, and you know what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking yep. about the guys wearing spandex because that was crazy and wild <laughs> to begin with. But things like went haywire on a nightly basis back in the league back then. Take me through like one of the craziest scenes you've ever been a part of, either watching or, or, or out on the turf being a part of it. Well, there, gosh, there are so many incredible stories. I mean, I – Early in the in the league, um, the, the, they didn't understand how to put the turf over the over the ice, and they were uh, constantly having to <laughs> seal it down with duct tape at the seams. And so I, we had a player um, early, and yeah, I think may have been the first year who literally hit hit. You know, he stopped and slid under the carpet. <laughs> no uh, and they couldn't get him out. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> That's one. I, I think um, playing in Buffalo, the yeah. I think the odd was there was a just rock riot, a riot there. I yeah. mean, they were, fans were crazy. That was the fans got involved. Um, I do remember early in the um, right before the league started, we had a Canada U.S. kind of series that, tra like I mentioned earlier, that there and this is John Grant Senior was part of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was a. Um, a riot where people climbed over the boards in Philadelphia spectrum. And I mean, it was, it was amazing to see um, <laughs> it, so many things like that um, on a, on a weekly basis. No. It was just incredible. And we didn't know the rules. I mean, <laughs> I think the rules were being made up uh, week to week and cross-checking obviously is fine and part of the game, but it was you kind know, of like to see what you could get away with. And if you didn't get called yeah. for it, you tried to push the envelope a little further. That's it. Yeah. I mean, moving picks were, um, I know it's, it's kind of a fine line as to whether, you know, they, what they call, but you could literally run a guy over from the back <laughs> yes. with no call. It was legal. So yeah. it, I mean, it was, um, it was an incredible time and I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad there's some consistency and um, some structure to it these days. And address some of those rumors from back then, because we have always heard that it might have been encouraged from the top down to to have that physical style of play and, and, and you know, almost wrestle out there. But, you know, we talked to Russ Klein and, and he was sort of denying it a few weeks ago on the show. saying no, no, they would just sort of happen naturally with the way the guys were playing. You mix in the American with the Canadians. That's kind of what you're going to get. Um, you know, what, what do you remember about? <laughs> okay, he's Chuck. He's Chuck. Yeah. 
Who's 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 spinning this? Who's spinning the tail here? Well, I can uh, neither deny or confirm. <laughs> I, I, I think you just answered. Was, um, I think you just they, answered. They had, you know, the obviously the and, and I was one of those guys who didn't mind kind of um, scrapping, yeah. and, but they had uh, the Americans never knew. You know, I would say that they didn't understand fighting and the. But and so I t I saw some American kids take a <laughs> take real beatings at the hand of some of the Canadians early because they just the way they had no idea what to do. Yeah, they didn't know how to um, <laughs> get, get the helmet off or pull the jersey yeah. over or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. It was um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And I think the um, I think it, again to to ignite the passion within the league, um, it was almost necessary. It was never you know it was never put down on paper that that's what you did, but um, I think it wasn't discouraged and, either. Like they didn't say, speaking with John Tucker, do you, do you still keep tabs on the national lacrosse league? John, do you still follow along or have a favorite team or a, a couple of players that you like to keep an eye on? Yeah. I, you know what? I, um, I do uh, just from afar. I mean, I do see the success that they're having. They're at continue to add, add teams. Um, I, you know, I don't have a, a current you know, there, there's such a crossover between the Ameri the um, outdoor and indoor. I do like some of the kids on Philadelphia. I, you know, I, that's my favorite team and will always be. And I'm so glad that they returned to the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the guys that I played against and th they'll always be legends to me, the gate brothers, uh, Darius Kilgore, Veltman, guys like that. Yeah. Um, John Tavares, like that, those guys were the, uh, they were incredible. And it was just such an honor to be on the floor with them at any one time. So um, I was just, uh, I'm just, again, it, it was such a blast and I'm glad I had some minor impact on the continuation of the league. I love the love. fact he called it the floor and not the field there, John. <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of those guys you referenced now coaching or managing in the league too. So keep, keep an eye on them behind the bench. Yeah. Um, uh, and I know this is a, this is a box lacrosse podcast, but I missed if we don't talk about, um, your success in, in the field game as well, coaching the Boston Cannons, po coaching a young or in his prime Paul Rabel at that time, and then seeing what uh, he's doing now with the PLL, uh, John. You know, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on the PLL, and just you know, is this where you always thought the game could be and and should be where it's at today? I think I think so. I mean, obviously, it was a dream of, of mine to see something like this happen. I, I hope that there's some integration at some point between the NLL and the PLL. I mean, I give Paul uh, a tremendous amount of credit and um, he's a, he's a visionary and a, and a very bright guy who um, he, he just saw, I think he saw this from the beginning and he, he has connections. He gets it, John. Yeah, he really does. So I, you know, again, I, I can see something down the road where the NLL and, you know, he sees this whole thing in a larger scale than, than I ever did. Um, it's such a, such a great thing. My son actually played with in the MLL and actually with Paul. Um, so to see that, to see this whole thing going, it, it's really a dream come true. So I think the, um, the future's bright for lacrosse. I, I hope that we can find a way to not to overlap because that was always the major thing was right. the overlap between yeah. the field and the box guys. And, and now they have the best players playing in both leagues full time would be a, a, an amazing thing. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Hall of Famer, John Tucker. And uh, we asked this of all our Hall of Famers. It'll be our last question for you, Mr. Tucker. And that yeah. is 
One guy who is not currently in the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame that you think belongs in. Oof. <laughs> um, hmm. um, I would say possibly two. And, and again, you I'm not sure two. who. You can pick can two. Can I say two? I'm not sure who's in or who's out at okay. this point. But um, I would say Brad Cotts. I don't know if he's in or he's not. not. Um, he's, he's not, not in. No. Tell okay. me about Brad because we uh, that's the first time I've ever heard that name. Yeah, um, Brad and I played together. I mean, we were the same era. He is a Syracuse University grad, um, played a little box growing up, so he had a good sense of what it was like. But he was a sniper um, as a shooter, um, graceful athlete, uh, was part of um, at least two, maybe three championships. Um, I think he would uh, gain some votes in my eyes. And also Kevin Finneran. Yeah. I don't know if he's in. No, he's not. But, you know, yeah. out of all the Hall of Famers we've had on, John, here over the last couple of months, Kevin Finneran's name – has popped up on on more than one occasion, so I think he's yeah. he's probably a shoe in to go in. I hope so. Yeah, he's he's a great guy who's given a lot to the game. I think he um, was part of some very successful teams and actually just made himself into a great player. Um, and, and I think he's passionate and cares deeply about it and and is committed. So I think that he would be a tremendous choice. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, John, this is a fabulous conversation. I'm glad to hear you're, you're doing well and still keeping tabs on the game of lacrosse. And uh, I got to say hello, because I got your phone number from, from a good friend of mine and Jamie Monroe, who uh, said oh, to yeah. pass along his hellos to you as well. Thank you. Yeah. Jamie's wonderful. And um, I, you know, Jamie, who I've known for a long time and is such a creative thinker and, yeah. um, so the perfect kind of guy and, and, and somebody I really look up to because he's always stretching the boundaries of what yeah. you can do. Absolutely. So. John, thanks but so thank much you, uh, for doing this and, and be safe, be well, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon sometime. Okay, Jake. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Okay. There you go. Hall of Famer uh, 2010 Brad Challoner, John Tucker, went into the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. And he went in, I want to say, with Darius Kilgore. No, I'm getting that wrong. Who did he go in? Richie Kilgore and Danny Stroop back in 2000. And I didn't know too much about John Tucker heading in, heading into this chat. But, you know, and I think the reason he's in the Hall of Fame was – I think there was a, a tough time to get a lot of the high quality, you know, U.S. studs at that time. And you know, he had to, you had to be grizzled. You had to be physical. You had to have that 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 demeanor to play in the early NLL days. And yeah. he was one of those guys that paved the way for the wave that came after him and really embraced it early on. So I think that's, that's what puts him in there, a, pl a player and a coach and a hall of famer. Yeah. You never would like for, he seemed like such a nice Gentile, well-spoken, polite man. I know would drop the mitts. <laughs> he said like, yeah, I like, I like, like I didn't mind scrapping. I, he just didn't really strike me as that kind of guy, but I mean, you take 30 years off, off that, mind and body and you sometimes end up with a different guy listen brad uh we I, I mentioned earlier we got uh chris fritz coming up next week for episode ep 121 and that leaves just five guys left on our hall of fame list a couple of twins by the name of paul and, and gary and still 
working on that. So if you're listening out there like Steve Govett or Paul Day and you want to like throw in a favor and maybe lob those guys a text and just say, hey, like uh, these guys. Well, we are... talked about it last week. We might have to bring in the big gun, yeah. Kevin I, Alexander, to make happen. that happen. I think it's going to happen. He is, is our he is our pathway to. You can't say no to the ledge. Uh, John Tucker, by the way. Oh, yeah, Brad. Uh, presentation of Stampede and Tack Western Wear. You know what they do at Stampede and Tack? I do, they, but tell the listeners, Brad. They love hardworking people just like John Tucker, just like lacrosse people. That's why they carry a wide range of clothing designed for those who work hard, play hard, and are tough on their gear. With brands like Carhartt, Wrangler, Outback Trading, there's always the right clothing to keep up with you on any job in any condition. Stampede carries plenty of in-stock items, but did you know they also carry special orders for you, including corporate-sized orders to help outfit your entire crew on the job site. Stampede and Tack Western Wear, located in Cloverdale, B.C., at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th since 1966 and online at stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still, still shopping, shopping local. local. Uh, well done, Brad Schoner. Big thanks to Stampede Tack and Western Wear. So as I was saying, Paul and Gary Gate are left. Uh, Eddie's top 100, Neil Stevens, I believe, who is the only living media member that is in both the National Hockey League Hall of Fame, and the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. So that's a nice little caveat there. We're hoping Neil is is on the road. He's going through some chemo right now, and I'm trying to give Neil as much possible time to get healthy so he could very well be our last one uh, in, in four or five weeks from now. And so Paul and Gary and Neil, and then deceased Tom Borelli and Terry Sanderson. So five guys left and Chris Fred's coming up next week. That makes six. And then we are, we're out of hall of famers. Now, Brad, I don't know if, if people like have bought all their manscape stuff already and, just like they don't want to go back or whether people just don't think they have a chance to win. I have gotten like, I want to say three, four, five, maybe content suggestions. Nobody snapped me a screenshot of a purchase on Manscaped using the promo code LACFEST20 yet. But when we run out of these Hall of Famers, we're going to need content ideas. So we're looking to give away a couple of lawnmowers, either get on Manscaped, Use the promo code LASTCLASS20, take a screenshot, send it to us, or slide into the DMs, tweet at us, email us, whatever you got to do, and give us your content suggestions and get yourself entered into win a lawnmower courtesy of Manscaped. We got two of these things to give away, uh, and we got you know the next six weeks to, to get some entries in here. Yeah, so tweet at us. Let us know what you want us to talk about after this Hall of Fame series is up. Calls to the Hall is up. We need a new series, whether it's – what are some of the suggestions that have well, rolled in? Well, we so got – uh, A referee series? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If we're uh, don't, hey, listen, know, the know. next time a review is up for grabs and you're poo-pooing the referee profile away, good luck getting a call in your favor when it comes I to know, crew chief Todd hey, LeBron. Refer- but I referee, honest- referee union's going to come at us strong for this. No, I actually think that there might be something there. I do as some well. Of the, there's some colorful characters too uh, uh, as far as National Lacrosse League referees though. So I think that could be fun. Uh, indigenous uh, spotlights. Uh, we've had lots of indigenous players on over over the last couple of years, but I think that could be an avenue we go down. We still, now that the long term ath- uh, athlete development 
program, LTAD, LDTA, whatever it is, um, that, you know, they're waiting to change the age group on midget and junior A. That study has come back, so maybe we go down that road and talk to some people that were involved in that committee and, and what teams and players think about that. Uh, we're talking maybe WLA series coming up, maybe team previews there. So some suggestions are rolling in, but if you have something on your mind, you want to win yourself a lawnmower, tweet at us, get at us, give us your content suggestions, use that promo code LAXCLASS20, take a screenshot and get yourself entered that way as well. Let's get to break here in EP120 and let's head for the third quarter where quick sticks are up next. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is NLL Hall of Famer Rich Kilgore. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back on Lax Class quarter number three, quick sticks are coming up here. They're brought to you by Manscaped, Brad. Uh, our good friends at Manscaped sponsoring quick sticks here. And uh, I... I did some manscaping this week. I didn't even realize things had gotten a little out of control. I don't know what happened. Like, I guess I just got lazy a little bit. And then I just kind of looked down and was like, oh, my God. Like, I got to take care of this. Well, it was cold this week. Your body was just reacting appropriately. And before, like, you know, like, I I swear I had to, like, make, like, almost, like, clear out an afternoon to kind of take care of this. Now it's just, like, zip zam in the shower, light, waterproof. And you're done in minutes. And, like... Guys, I, I need to say this. Like, if, if this is something you're on the fence about and you may be a little, you know, old school, older generation and thinking, like, I don't need – maybe the wife isn't quite paying enough attention to you in that region as of late. Clean yourself up with Manscaped. Not only does it, like, look and – like, it, it feels better, but it makes it look bigger, Brad. Like, there's no denying that. So there's, like, the the, the biggest excuse to do it right there. It's for your confidence. Clean that up down there, and all of a sudden you're thinking, all right, like I'm doing okay down there. You know what I'm saying? Beneficial optical illusion. Yes, yes. It was a long way. And don't kid yourself, guys. Like, the ladies, you you take care of it down there. Suddenly the action is going to pick up. Trust me on that one. Manscaped, Brad. Quick sticks. Uh, Thanks to them. I might manscape my whole body if it makes me look (laughs) taller. I don't know if it'll do that. Well, that does that. Will that work? You could try. You could try. Quick sticks. Uh, I got a bunch here, so let's rip through them. Mondays with Mags. Luke Magnum putting out uh, a little blog each Monday, courtesy of the Halifax Thunderbirds. I read his first one, and I thought it was phenomenal. I wish more players and teams would do stuff like this. Luke Magnum, Monday mornings with Mags. Did you see this? Yeah, it was a really, really good read. Painted a picture last Monday of the top, uh, he's a defenseman for the Halifax Thunderbirds, painted the picture of the top offensive players in the National Lacrosse League and broke down why each of those guys is on that list and why they're so tough to defend and what makes them so special. And coming from an active player in the league, super refreshing and open to hear a take from an active player in the league. And the way that he broke it down was was really nice to to digest for, for nerds like us and for fans as well. So... That was, that was really cool, and Halifax continues to lead the charge oh, when it comes to just, creating content. And just the way that he painted the picture, I just want to see game action again. Like, what I'd kill yeah. to see Ben McIntosh Poetry. wide open on the crease in Philly now, receiving passes from Matt Rambo, Blaze Reardon, 
Um, it's going to be special to see Shane Jackson banging in a hat trick a night again. Like I just, it made me, it painted the picture of live game action that I miss so much. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. Uh, more quick sticks here. Uh, Danny's daughter got out on family day, which was last Monday, the RLL, the rivals lacrosse league, Dixon, Doby, Pacer, and the boys out there in Maple Ridge. Had a great little camp going for, for the girls, and uh, I wanted to mention those guys doing good work during this pandemic, keeping everybody safe, but keeping their sticks in their hands as well. Outdoors, safe, good lacrosse. Keep it up. Jessica Pagula, this is not really lacrosse related, but it kind of is. The owners of uh, the Rochester Nighthawks and Buffalo Bandits, Terry and Pagula, her, their daughter was playing in the U.S. Open. I didn't even realize that she's a tennis player and made it to, like, the quarterfinals. So I just wanted to give uh, Jessica Pagula a quick shout-out. Paul Day signing three-year extension. Big uh, fan of the show, Paul Day. Three-year extension with the Philadelphia Wings. This is one of the wiser moves that Philly has made, I must say, locking up their head coach and GM, who has done some pretty good work since taking over there in Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know what's awesome? And we when we talked to Paul Day on this program when he got that job, he's retired now, retired police officer, and can really sink one hundred percent focus and dedication to the job in Philly. And there's not a lot of coaches around the league that can say that at this point. You know, a lot of guys are still working day jobs, but I think it's the retired ones, like or the guys that focus on a one hundred percent. Derek you know, like Keenan a, like a Derek Keenan comes to mind for that for sure. And Paul, they like when you can sink more hours into the craft, Mike Kersey, good, th- I think, yeah. good thing, good things are going to happen. And that's, uh, that's something that, that uh, Paul Day can talk about for sure. No doubt. Uh, I just want to bring this up. Shatler Academy, always posting up the content on the Instagram. And I'm always watching just kind of the kids in, in Sa- Saskatoon and Saskatchewan, Regina, wherever they may be playing and, and watching what Shats is doing with these guys. And I'm telling you, man, like, look out for Saskatchewan lacrosse on the come up here because I'm watching some of these kids and Shats has them faking and doing like around the worlds and backhands. And and these kids are grinding here for Jeff Shatler and, and they're working their tails off. And I'm not I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be long before the province of Saskatchewan is cranking out top notch players. They're, it's starting to trickle now. But I'm, I'm telling you, the floodgates are about to open, and it's because of guys like Jeff Shatler working with the kids in the province of Saskatchewan. Back here closer to home, Brad, this one kind of caught us a little off guard, uh, a little by surprise. I don't know if it caught the man by surprise, but Bobby Hayes out as the head coach of the Victoria Shamrocks after eight successful seasons behind the shamrock bench including a man cup championship they're going in a different direction hayes is out yeah a little of surprise there because it's not like they came off a bad season well they're coming off of no season but the last season before that they were the defending champions so like they're not coming off a downturn no or and i'm not getting my dates mixed up right they, they were the last 20 2015 i want to say is when they won uh oh, they won they but they went to they hosted the Man Cup they against did. Peterborough. I want to say I went to. Wasn't that the last Fox nine with Jimmer? Uh, who who went to Peterborough and Victoria? In who went to Peterborough in 2019? Maple Ridge. Again, Maple Ridge. Yeah, it was Six Nations and then Peterborough. I think. Yeah. I'm gonna Google that. There was one more. There's one more Man Cup in there. I'm telling you, Victoria Charmrocks are the defending WLA champions. Maybe it was. 
It was maybe you're right. Anyways, one second. Let's fill some time. Okay, so Bob Hayes is out. We know that. Uh, who his replacement would be? I think there's a number of candidates over there in Victoria. Not sure when they'll make that announcement, but uh, they they you know we just had the draft and and I don't think Hayes was involved with that. So not sure who was. So we'll just have to see who the Shamrocks go out and get as their new head coach. Uh, speaking of goalies, which Bob Hayes was, the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame coming out with another roundtable series. Dave Evans, who will be hosting this one. Goaltenders are up next. Uh, who do they got? They got the Hawk, Rod Bannister, Dallas Elliott. No, Dallas Elliott will be on the panel. Uh, who else did I see on there? Collie? I should know this. Uh, and Steve Dietrich on there as well. That's coming out March 21st. I'll touch on that again. New track down. New new track down. New turf down at the track. They did, did I love the time lapse videos of stuff like that. But brand new turf down at the track, looking good there. You got that pulled up yet? It's Peterborough hosting Victoria in Peterborough in 2019. Okay, my bad. You're yeah. right. First time for everything. And last one I got uh, here for you on Quick Stick Spread uh, are our friends, Devin Caney and Ashley Docking. I suppose they're a little bit of competition. No, it was here. in Victoria. Man, oh, man. We're, our dates are all screwed okay. up. Okay, I was at Caney. that man cup. Peter no, Bro- you were at 2015. No. Did you were at no, 2019, no, no. too? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, Danny so yeah, Peter Bro came, Peterborough's come here twice in the last five years. Yes, I knew that. I, so I was right. 2019, 2019, you said Maple Ridge won in 2019. No. Peterborough came to Victoria in 2019 for the Man Cup. Okay, I thought it was 2018, but it's 2019. With no Reese Dutch. I remember that was Victoria. They had a great playoff run. Everybody got hurt. That's right. And uh, Jesse King, Reese Dutch. Box nine, I was there with Jimmer. It was a good time. Uh, Ashley Docking, Devin Caney, new podcast, courtesy of the National Lacrosse League. I wanted to give this a quick shout-out. They came out with their first episode a couple days ago, Hot Mics. Uh, did you get did you get a chance to consume that yet? I did not. It's on the list. Okay. Have a listen. Hot Mike, Stephen Caney, Ashley Docking, NLL, new podcast. Uh, give it a listen. Can't have enough lacrosse podcasts right now, can we? Did you listen? Yeah, I did. They had Steve McClendon, and? Tampa Bay Buccaneer Super Bowl champion, talking about his kid playing lacrosse and uh, a couple other noteworthy things in there as well. Nice. It's good stuff. That's it for Quick Sticks, Brad. Let's get to quarter four, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We're back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. This is Keegan Ball from the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Quarter four, Lax Class, brought to you by the Vancouver Warriors. Out there at the Fieldhouse for a couple more weeks, Eric Penny, Matt Beers, Riley Lowen, Chris Gill, coaching up the youth at uh, the Langley Fieldhouse for the Warriors Academy. Check out all the details at VancouverWarriors.com or at NLL Warriors on Twitter and Instagram. 
Hashtag nothing's offside. Uh, speaking of offside, Biz Nasty was a little offside, saying sit down lacrosse goals in hockey, coming from a guy that couldn't even score a goal in, in training camp for the Warriors. So I had to call him out a little bit on, on Twitter. But uh, Warriors Academy, Dave Sheldon and the gang out there in Langley, check it out, VancouverWarriors.com. It's now time to try something else. Let's begin. All right now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. Hey, Bradley and Jake, it's Jim Else here. Time for another week of Something Else on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. Last week, I touched on some fans around lacrosse on my Valentine's Day episode, and this week, I'll continue that along. And lots of great fans of lacrosse out there, some pretty vocal ones, and there's lots of fans out there that don't say anything, so don't get me wrong here. But going around the NLL, uh, you see teams like Colorado who have um, uh, the best and worst fans. Uh, uh, the worst being the trade ward guy, hashtag trade ward, and the best being someone like Dylan's mom, uh, who chimes in once in a while uh, quietly from her uh, home after games, uh, getting to Calgary. You've got uh, Catherine Duncan and her crew. You've got uh, the guys that dress up in the utility uh, outfits and and bang all day long uh, uh, during games. Vancouver, you've got people that travel from Vancouver Island and Kelowna and Vernon, like uh, Michael Sam and his family, and little Shane coming over from Victoria. They go over three, four games a year. Uh, very expensive to travel like that. Halifax, that whole nest just pops. I uh, can't wait to see what's going on there. Toronto, uh, rock fan Jonathan, he travels. Uh, met him in Vancouver, coming out to watch his team play. Unreal. Uh, going to Saskatchewan, they've got some pretty darn good fans. You go Travis Pelon, who sits next to the uh, penalty box and uh, raises uh, Kane every game. Uh, I think he might have stopped drinking in the last little bit, but he was famous for his Pilsners. Uh, uh, getting down to uh, Grandma Rush, uh, kicking ass all the time. Uh, Sasquatch fans on Twitter, always engaging. Buffalo, you got a Violet. Uh, she's probably uh, the most vocal one out there. Uh, the New York Riptide, that's probably me, uh, all the way from Vancouver Island, uh, cheering on my buddy Danny and uh, the rest of the team. Uh, the Victoria Shamrocks, uh, you've got uh, Jody Rice. Uh, a huge fan got a ring himself as a fan in 2015 uh, you got Mumsy very dedicated fan in Mumsy uh, taking care of the boys there anyways that's it for me I just wanted to touch on some fans across the league and uh, if you have any uh, that you think I missed uh, hit me up at at jimels68 uh, on the twitter good times ciao Something else with Jim Els and uh, I would say very similar to, to last week Jimmer continuing to give a little shout out, a little praise and a little recognition to some of the great fans around the National Lacrosse League. And of course, uh, he had to get his shamrocks in there as well. And man, Brad, I like, what has it been like a year and a half now or something? <laughs> it's just, I, I guess we're, we're coming up on a year. Fans, like I miss fans so much. It, it, not only lacrosse fans, but just fans in general at sporting events. I've been watching the Australian Open last uh last week or so and and they're like putting a lot of fans in the stands and it just it reminds me oh yeah like that's what it's supposed to be about and i can't wait to to get back inside sastel and rogers arena and just 
seeing fans enjoying lacrosse and the buzz around the building, the energy that you get from from all those people inside the building cheering on on their team. Yeah, and the and the post game, like again, that's something that's so special about this game is you go up to the sports bar at Rogers Arena after the game and you hang out with those fans and you the players are right there too and everybody is is intermixed and in, in, interspersed yeah. and talking about the game and talking about the next game and what does the team need to do to get better and talking about the sport and talking about your lives and just that buzz, just, yeah, that, that buzz of being in an arena and hearing people scream and just having a good time being out on a Friday night with a drink in your hand, watching lacrosse with not a care in the world with your family or your friends beside you. Like there's, there's nothing better. And we're all missing that in our lives right now. And you're right. We're just baffled about when that last man cup was, that was the summer of 2019. And we're almost two years away from that. Since to, from, from it makes it park. honestly makes me want to cry when I think about how long it's it's been and like I I can't imagine how tough it is for professional athletes that are used to playing in front of you know football players and sixty thousand people and hockey players there are twenty thousand and basketball twenty thousand and then I'm all sure of a the sudden, energy is so yeah, much different and all of a sudden to have nothing and to be like you know you don't feel the the momentum swings as quite as harshly when there's not fans in the billy you can't feed off of that energy as an athlete without the fans there so live sports and pro sports without fans it's it's different and i'll take it but it's just not the same without those people and then you add into that the special the super fans if you will that really kind of go the extra mile and make their make themselves known those those are the real guys that uh that make it happen. Well, the ones that dress up theme nights, you know, I miss everybody dressing up as cowboys at Rogers arena, putting on the lays for Hawaiian night, beach night. It works. It'll be back soon. We all hope uh, fall just around the corner here. Summer season coming up as well. Keep your, Fingers crossed, man. Uh, I think that is going to wrap up EP120 here, Brad. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media. Brad is at Brad Chell. I am at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We have an email address at Lacrosse Classified at Gmail. You can get a hold of us in many different ways. Don't forget to get those screenshots, those content ideas to us. Uh, give us a subscribe. Give us a review while, wherever you listen to your podcast. That always helps as well. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network with another episode for you. A massive thank you goes out to our fabulous sponsors, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging. And Manscaped, promo code LAXCLASS20. For Brad Challenger, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator. Be safe and be healthy, everybody. 